Hello, and welcome to Recruitment Revealed. Recruitment Revealed. Listen, learn, adapt. Sponsored by HireUp, a powerful award-winning platform for internal mobility, employee referrals and alumni networks. Visit HireUpOnline.com. All interviews take place over the internet, so please forgive the odd sound distortion. Hello, I'm your host, Gary Burney, and in the next 15 to 20 minutes, we aim to give you some recruitment food for thought. As always, you can subscribe on your favorite listening channel, and if you want to bring a smile to my face, by all means, leave a nice review. So let's get on with the show and introduce you to my guest today, Megan Tracy. Megan, how are we doing? I'm great today, Gary. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, really good. Sunshine in Dublin, it's always a good thing. Very rare, but it's always a good thing. Um, So let's hop straight into the show uh, and maybe get you to introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, So in 60 seconds or less, Megan, tell us who you are. Hi, my name is Megan Tracy and I'm the Vice President of Global Relationships at Shaker Recruitment Marketing. Uh, We're headquartered in Chicago in the United States and that's actually where I'm sitting right now. And it is not sunny here, it is rainy. (laughs) Um, but Shaker has been in the recruitment marketing industry since 1951, so 70 years. And I've been at Shaker for almost 11 years. Uh, and I have been in the recruitment marketing business since 1993. I suppose the first question some of the audience might ask, and I, and I think we should just clarify, um, recruitment marketing. It, it talk me through the difference between what you guys do and what an RPO does. Sure, no problem. Um, So recruitment marketing agencies are like recruitment advertising agencies. So um, so an RPO really helps you, you know, staff up and and, um, does a lot of your recruitment processes. We actually do your advertising. So back in the old days when I started in the business, we used to place help wanted ads in the Sunday newspaper. But now we are helping our clients with um, programmatic advertising and um, career websites and employer brands um, and anything an advertising agency would do for a product, we do for recruitment marketing. Uh, I've seen a massive change in employee branding over the last sort of five years. I, I, I'm assuming those same changes have taken place in the U.S. in, in terms of the quality uh, and quantity of what people are doing in, in, in that space. Maybe just talk us through what you're seeing in the market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the the employee value proposition, which is sort of the the pillar that your employer brand stands on, um, it's it's become vital that that promise, the employee value proposition, or the promise that um, that companies make to their employees, that has to be authentic. And in order, so it has to be a you know a product of the lived experience of working, a product of the culture, and um, the getting to the heart of what that promise is has to come from research. So we research um, all the employees. We do quantitative and qualitative research, we do focus groups and leadership interviews um, and distill all of that down and come up with the actual promise that is made to employees. Uh, and then we build the creative or uh, the messaging off of that uh, EVP, if yeah. you will. And um, yeah, that has really changed. Back in the old days, we used to just, we call them now aspirational campaigns. You know, we've, oh, we're the best company to work for. <laughs> but, you know, if that, if that promise isn't uh, a promise that's kept, you know, employees are going to leave and um, your, your reputation will be damaged. So we need to make sure 
that it's a it's you know a, a real promise and it's a promise that's kept. Um, a lot of times, uh, if you know if people see that promise and they don't like it, it's a it's a good thing. You don't want people to come that aren't a good match for your culture. So um, you know it's it's can repel uh, and attract people, which is um, you know really an important piece of it. You know when you're doing your listening. Uh, and I'm assuming that, as you said there, there's a huge amount of listening goes on. Um, are, are you coming back with, with results sometimes that just companies aren't expecting? Oh, yeah. We actually, we, we sort of laugh about it and, and call it the aha moments, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, leadership often thinks, um, you know, employees work here for this reason. But when in actuality, in the trenches, you know, the reasons are different. And so when we come back to leadership and say, here, you know, here's what we've gleaned from the research, we call those aha moments, really. Yeah. People don't work here for the, you know, for the tuition assistance, right? People, people are working here because of the flexibility. Gosh, we didn't realize how important that was. So um, it really does help um, not only uh, shape that promise, but it also helps um, leadership understand what's important and build on that and optimize that, right? And, and elevate their culture. Yes. It definitely yeah. has more than, more than one use um, doing that type of research. And, and I'm assuming that uh, flows its way through not only, um, you know, the stories that you're, you're, you're creating for, uh, for the companies, but also um, obviously onto their, onto their uh, website, onto their job descriptions. Everything is yeah. For example, Glassdoor uh, yeah. says that um, a typical candidate will look at 18 different touch points before they apply for a job. So we need to make sure when we're telling the story of a company's culture that it's consistent across all of those touch points, right? And that might be their career site, their social media platforms, their um, job descriptions. And even arming their employees with talking points, um, explaining you know what the you know what the messaging is about, and and telling and having them tell your story for you. So yes, um, you know there's certainly a lot of ways to activate that brand. I'm I'm assuming then um, as part of your uh, remit with with clients, there's been a dramatic change in the emphasis on uh, DE and I. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know here in the states, especially, I think uh, it has become front and center over the past year with George Floyd and all of the, um, you know, really big, it was a big year of transformation in 2020. Sure. Um, and, and, and honestly, when we're talking about EVP and employer brand, we're talking about a reflection of culture, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that Shaker has done over the last year is we um, brought on board um, our new vice president of employer brand diversity and culture, John Graham, um, He's a thought leader in diversity and inclusion. He was a client of ours um, at Merck and at Amgen. Um, and he is just, he is really terrific. And, you know, we're taking sort of a, a really bold vision when it comes to um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, you know, what, what he says is that the world's multicultural workforce um, wants to not only have inclusive cultures, but they want, they want to be valued as much as being val valuable. So, um, so we are uh, launching a lived experience survey along with our uh, qualitative and quantitative EVP research. Um, this lived experience survey um, is just sort of a unique approach to um, help uncover 
who our clients are as an employer and define the gaps in the culture. Um, and um, then once we understand the gaps, we can benchmark and we can help fill those gaps and, um, and then, you know, see how uh, the narrative changes over time through that benchmark. When, when you come across a client and, you know, they recognize in themselves that there is their, um, their sort of weakness on um, more in- inclusivity. Talk us maybe through just how you go about changing that. Sure, sure. It has to do with a lot of different types of training and consultants. So, um, you know, once we sort of, we, we take that lived experience survey, it's almost like a litmus test, right? Yeah. And then we'll come in um, and talk about different types of hiring strategies. Um, we would do cultural competency trainings, unconscious bias training, um, help strategize with the culture on how to get in front of a more diverse audience, um, performance review analysis, and, and really talk to leadership about being inclusive and having inclusive leadership. So uh, there's a lot of different layers that will go in there, but um, it's really that first initial discovery, um, yeah. you know, and then being able to sort of fill those gaps, you know, they, you know, they may not need unconscious bias training, but they may need more culture strategies. So there are, there are you know, different ways of pushing and pulling to make sure that we're, you know, making it that really um, inclusive culture. And I, and I love the idea of, you know, being valued as much as you're being valuable. So yeah. I really, I really like that. So obviously then you're doing a lot of employee communication as well as sort of, uh, you know, candidate facing communication. Yeah. Yeah. And that internal communications piece is, um, it's really important right now. Yeah. Um, you know, the, we, we've talked a lot with our clients about, you know, it's a very difficult market right now here in the U.S. It is, we, it's, it, you know, we've never seen it like this. Number of jobs keep going up, up, unemployment's going up, and less people are looking for jobs. It's just a really curious, curious time. And so we're talking to our clients about growing their internal talent, right? You, you need yeah. to, to make paths um, for people to, you know, grow and improve and, and you know, and, and build their careers internally. So um, that internal communications is becoming a really important piece of what we're doing. I talked a little bit about, you know, arming your employees with, um, you know, your brand story and, and being able to uh, really tell the story of the organization. But um, you also, you know, we also need to help with that career pathing. And we work a lot with internal communications to make sure we're getting in front of people. Because a lot of uh, companies obviously have their uh, communications team, that's outside of HR, is it? Or is it, are, are those teams tending to be sitting within HR and therefore? You know, they're usually outside of HR. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's funny, we've seen a big transformation um, in, in over probably the last, you know, five to eight years. Uh, traditionally, for many years, you know, we sort of, we were sort of siloed out, right? So, yeah. You know, any, any type of marketing communications, everything sort of, you know, sat on the product side or the business to business side. And, you know, HRTA was kind of a separate thing. Exactly. As you said, actually, silos, I mean, even silos from HR to TA and then yeah. from internal communications and then the marketing team, you know, mm-hmm. within the company. So all these four functions, if you like, were all just either competing or doing their own thing and therefore... Yeah. You know, consistency of brand and consistency of message is totally lost, which I, I guess is why you, you guys are in there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when, whenever we can leverage internal 
uh, resources or um, existing contracts or you know and anything along those lines it is absolutely beneficial to everyone right so so you know with uh, internal communications or or marketing you know if they have a LinkedIn contract and we're able to work hand in hand uh, you know with the team that's overseeing that you know we can definitely share those resources and and potentially get better pricing and um, you know utilizing the the contracts to um, you know the best of their ability so Uh, We've we've definitely um, found, and also with marketing and talking about employer brand, you know, just making sure that the that the the consumer brand and the employer brand, uh, you know, run in tandem. Um, John Graham, who I mentioned previously, always says, you know, the employer brand and the consumer brand, they they live on the same cul-de-sac, but they're next door neighbors, (laughs) right? (laughs) But they need to they they need to work like neighbors, right? And and, and. work together so good neighbors yeah you hope they're good neighbors yeah yeah good neighbors right right (laughs) (laughs) um which which brings me to something else actually that crossed my mind is you know you're you're sort of working across these you know four different parts of the business which as you say are are amalgamating amalgamating a lot more so marketing internal communications uh team the hr team the ta team they're all starting to you know form together uh, and and cross-pollinate ideas and stuff are you able to, what are you doing technology-wise with clients? Are you introducing technology? Are you trying to use what they've already got and make, make that work? Or how does that work? We're going to go into a client and say, okay, let's take a look at your tech stack. Let's look at your applicant tracking system. Yeah. Um, what, you know, what are your pain points? What, what are we trying to solve for? And then go out and find the technology that's going to solve for their problems. And and some people might have internal um, technology already that can solve the problems and we we utilize that very good and, and um because obviously there's t- times I, I i do wonder whether sometimes companies actually look at what they've already got technology wise you know i'm thinking crms you know you have crm yeah. for, you know a crm for for your sales team but the hr team uh, go out and buy another crm mm-hmm you know, and that's that's exactly right. I mean, leveraging what you have internally. Some people are, you know, frustrated with their applicant tracking system and then go, you know, for a new one, for a new integration. Boy, those integrations are really painful. And they take a long time. And, you Never know, on if, time either. Can I just add Oh, that? right. If you're <laughs> promised six months, it's probably a year. And, had- and a lot of times that frustration can be because you weren't, you don't understand it or you weren't trained properly or you don't know, um, you know, the, the functionalities. And so, you know, we want to go in and make sure that, that you're, you know, utilizing it to the best of its abilities. And if it's still a pain point, you know, we can, we can help find something that might solve for solve the problem or, you know, get some better training and try to figure out how to, how to make it work better. So, so uh, we're, we're coming to the end of our time, which is, I mean, it's absolutely flown by. Uh, so thank you for being so open with us. Um, just talk to me a bit about what's going on in the U.S. market because I am hearing some crazy, crazy stuff at the moment. From yeah, yeah, this is um, as I said, I've been been in the business for about twenty eight years, and I have not ever seen it like this. It is, um, you know, obviously when we we headed into a global pandemic, nobody really knew what was going to happen on the on the other side of it, and. And here in the U.S., you know, we're getting vaccinated and things are starting to open up again, which is really exciting. And people are hiring like we've never seen them hire before. 
And, um, you know, we've, we've, we have clients who are essential businesses, FedEx Ground is a client and Lowe's Home Improvement's a client. And they've yeah. been busy throughout the pandemic because they're essential businesses and they needed to continue to hire. But now the restaurants are starting to open, the retail um, establishments are starting to open and they need employees. Um, and strangely, unemployment is still fairly high. You know, people yeah. are, um, people are not uh, working as they were before and no one seems to be looking for a job. So, and I wouldn't say no one, but fewer, fewer volume than we, we would have expected at this time. So it but really it, uh, is. Sorry, I was just going to say, isn't it that because uh, the, um, the pandemic benefits are still there till September? Is that, is that? Yeah, I think that that's, that's probably part of it. You know, um, uh, you know, we still have some fear. Uh, okay. We have people who are, you know, still have their children at home because schools, a lot of the schools haven't uh, committed to going back. So, it's st- so, so it still feels like a, a candidate market, despite the fact that there's really high unemployment. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, you know, just trying to, um, uh, you know, optimize all the pieces of uh, the recruitment marketing um, uh, trilogy, if you would, if you will. So it's uh, getting the messaging right, getting the uh, media mix right, and then making sure that candidate experience is easy and fast. If your application today is 15 minutes long and you can shorten it to five minutes long, you will increase your candidate pipeline by 350%. Wow. So we wow. need to make it fast and easy for candidates to apply. We need to get them um, in the door uh, and at an interview as quickly as possible. We can't sit on those applications. So these are pieces that, um, you know, in this candidate experience have become ex- extremely important. So I always ask guests if they can give us two or three, maybe three, let's go for three, be greedy, uh, three nuggets of, uh, of information or, or insights. You know, what, if, you're, if you're thinking, let's think about employee branding for a second. You know, if you're, if you're a company looking to revamp your, your employee branding, where would you start? What, what three tips could you give them? Yeah, with employer branding, um, you know, you absolutely need to research and um, survey your existing employees um, so that you understand the reasoning why they stay, um, why they like working there, and what is the what is the promise delivered. Um, and it has to be authentic. So that's why you need to research and um, talk to your existing employees. Very good. And, and just as a matter of fact, do, do you do that on a, how often would you run surveys with a, with a, uh, an employee base? For, uh, an employer brand, we actually have a proprietary survey that we send out. It's a one-time, um, 10 minute survey that we send out to the entire employee base. Um, but you know, we certainly need to be mindful of, uh, how often they're surveyed and we don't want to, um, you know, overlap with a pulse survey or oh, that's um, what I was you know. wondering. yeah, that's exactly what I was wondering. Yeah, you know, yeah, in pulse surveys as well, or what's the the, the blend? Yeah. yeah, so so we will we will make sure um, you know if if they do pulse surveys monthly, for example, um, we'll say okay, let's um, let's include your pulse survey in with this um, employer. Uh, yeah, or EVP survey, yeah. um, and um, and you know that way we won't create fatigue. So there are, there are ways that we can push and pull and make sure that we're not we're not over surveying an employee population. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, 
Megan, listen, thank you so much for your time uh, today. It's absolutely brilliant uh, to, to speak to you and to, and to get an insight into what's going on in the market and, and exactly how recruitment marketing uh, can, can benefit companies. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Wonderful. Gary, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Take care, Megan. Cheers. You too. Bye-bye. So there you have it. That's the end of the show. I hope you've learned something today. This has been Recruitment Revealed. We'll talk to you again soon.